Welcome. Hello. You, you've made it tough shit. Podcast puts first world problems into perspective. Unless you're in the third world. That's correct. Then you already have some perspective that we don't have. Uh-huh. We are your hosts. I am Corey. I'm Chris, and I'm staying close to the microphone today. Because we actually got some input on... Yes. From somebody who actually knows audio, uh-huh. he isn't just doing this on the weekends. Correct. So it turns out I move around a whole lot. Yeah. It's so I'm going to try. Tough, tough to get him to sit still and speak at a <clears throat> normal level. I'm pretending that there's a magnet in my mouth mm-hmm. and the other end's on here. So yep. I'm just trying to like keep it within a few inches. Yeah. I was watching You the... can even move closer if you want to. How's this? That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I even moved my computer today. Yeah. This is a whole new world for you. This is a lot. And this is the first episode since Nugget left. And I just oh, want to yeah. real quick say that I had two nugget dreams this week. Aw. Yes. One, uh, she got into it with a deer that was part bat. A Seriously. bat deer? <laughs> yeah. This guy caught it. And I had to break the two of them up. And then the other one was she came back to visit from Florida. And she got so fat that her collar wouldn't fit. <laughs> That's, yeah. I, I doubt that'll be the case. But, well, today's topic isn't nugget. Today's topic is camping. Ooh, camping. Yes, that's right. Also known as roughing it, glamping, going to the cabin for the weekend, or hanging out in a trailer court in the woods. That's pretty literal. And some aspects of hiking. If it's cold outside, put a pad on or whatever the fuck you said before. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, those are some of the things that like associated with camping. I'll like, tell you I'm something. I'm going roughing, yeah, roughing it. I'm pitching a tent over here. Ugh, yeah. yeah. That's a bobcat outside of our tent. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a bobcat. Yes. Uh, oh, now, man. It's hot in here. <laughs> it's going to get hotter, yeah. I'm sweating out of my eyes. Uh-huh. Uh, I got hot tea. It's 87 degrees outside. Yes, well, you're the dumbass who showed up with hot tea. I have a jaw ache today. I took some leave, and now I'm having some hot tea. So it's just making me really uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. my mouth feels better, but the rest of my body doesn't at all. Remember when your doctor told you to avoid conversating for long periods of time? So they said, don't, don't talk. So I started a podcast, mm-hmm. and then they also said, don't chew gum. So I switched to Altoids. Oh, that's uh, one, one, one thing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, let's see, uh, some aspects of camping, like hiking and hunting, will kind of cross over into this realm. They oh. they will go kind of hand in hand a little bit with this. Uh, but before we get into the topic, I wanted to start off by saying that camping is a relatively new activity, uh, kind of, like that humans have been doing, like going out of your way to inflict a quote-unquote hardship, like literally like, oh, we're roughing it. Like, Well, no, this is like... Uh uh, this is gonna fuck up part of my intro, but I'm not that worried about it. Um, it was a uh, River Thames, right? Was kind of the oh in England, like Victor- Victorian, yeah, the mid 1800s. Yep, was some of the first time that people traditional were... camping, like as a recreation, and not because you didn't have a place to live. Yeah, not you because you were outside. homeless and yes. like to just yeah sleep wherever you could. No, yeah, they like... camp out along the river and mm-hmm. play tennis. Yes. Uh, so the the whole point of our show is, you know, to find a hardship associated with this topic. And Which if, is something I struggle with keeping a handle on myself. <laughs> the, the show and the topic yes. itself? I yes. know. I have to remind myself uh-huh. that sometimes. So you can get closer to the mic. All right. <laughs> Too close. <laughs> this is, I'm really making an effort here. This is, that's tough for you. Yes, I, I it keep, is. I keep seeing you wanting to back away. My like fucking a, hands are shaking. <laughs> I just want to jump off the wall. I'm going to jump over the table on you. Why? Oh, uh... wait till this tent goes down first, though. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Continue. So, yeah. Anyway, so I, I know that I had a hard time associating, like, a good story or topic with camping because uh, it's a relatively modern thing. So, and the whole point is to 
go live like our ancestors did and you know, camp. Kind and, of. It depends to, what you're doing. Yes. Glamping isn't like yeah. you're going well, in a fucking motorhome and push bit. lights all weekend isn't uh-huh. camping. But yes. yes. It, so, was, it was a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be easy for me because my mind palace is a camper. I know, yeah. So, so well, you yeah, think it would have been you, simple. You did uh, kick off this topic. You said, oh, let's do camping. I was like, all right. Which it does, it, uh, that dawned on me actually on the walk over here was that this is the first episode that like I've kind of been like, let's do this subject because you yeah. usually pick them. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to have been like the most difficult and haphazard <laughs> to actually find anything. <laughs> and so if, anybody, if anybody's like, hey, didn't you guys already do a camping episode? No, we no. did a vacation episode. We did vacation. And, yes. yes. And then it also occurred to me that probably on our like introduction for the vacation one, I don't know, I didn't listen to it, uh, I probably talked about my weird fucking camping stories. So you you're did, yes. Get, and so, the picture uh, the picture we posted was from a camping trip years ago, which I'm going to talk about. Now, well, that fucks up my notes. I know, right? <laughs> Your notes are just backward here. Uh, so I, I guess to get into it, in the first world uh, with the complaints, now as we stated, the point of camping is to get back in touch with nature and live like our ancestors did thousands of years ago, blah, blah, blah. But in the first world, camping has some pretty lame problems like no cell service, problems with your RV or camper, no water or electric at your campground. You, you spend way too much money on the hobby. You know, that's supposed to be a very basic thing. Fuck motorhomes. Shitty neighbors, like whatever, whatever the case is. Like the first world camping problems are quite comical when you think about it. So that would be the complaints. Do you have a story that's associated with any camping problems how much time do you have uh, oh yeah you you've done a lot more i have camping. but i just thought about it i'm like yeah i already talked about all this shit i mean number one the fucking our backpacking trip out to algonquin when mm-hmm. they oh, you the, pooped on your hand i shit in my hand because yeah. that's uh what's I, it called uh what the hell are uh, they? uh privy? privy yeah it's just a hole in the ground with a box over it mm-hmm. and it's just a little hole yeah i propped myself up and i missed the hole and i shit right on my thumb and then I had to use camp soap to rinse off in the lake, which later found out you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to put poop in the, the lake. <laughs> Don't poop in the lake, Oh, I got one. I uh, One of the most frightening camping, I'm doing air quotes, uh-huh. camping things they ever did when we were kids. I remember when Arachnophobia came out on VHS. Yep. We watched Arachnophobia with my cousins, and we had a clubhouse outside in our backyard. Mm-hmm. Watched Arachnophobia, slept outside. Fucking worst ruined, night of sleep. Ruined your sleep. Yeah, how huh? over, old? How when did that come out? Ninety five. Uh, yeah, four, three, somewhere in there. I was like ten. Yeah, Scared the fuck out of me. Uh huh. I had another one. Uh, I can't see. I know. Notes. I know the personal story. I we I, we talked about this in the vacation episode when we went to the camping trip in the Adirondacks. My boat got shot. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That kind of sucked. Uh, another one that kind of came to mind. Well, on that trip, I think we even talked about this too. Like, one of our friends had food poisoning. Uh, another one. Well, yeah, don't eat a fucking egg salad sandwich out of the gas station bin on the floor at five in the morning. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um, uh, let, let's see. Uh, shit, what do I got here? Oh, the other thing was we did go on a whitewater rafting trip a few years. Well. Yeah, yakking. It was a shit ton of fun. Yes, it was a it was a lot of fun. It was horrifying. There was one part about it that, I mean, we were in a camper, we were on a campground, whatever. Uh, one of our friends invited one of the river guides back to our camp for some beers. Like, yeah, he was kind of a douche. 
I was just going <laughs> to say, like... Unless you're a listener, was, douchebag, yeah, then well, please keep listening. I remember what we were saying. He's like, yeah, he's coming back with you know, some of his friends or whatever. Like, uh, kid seemed kind of douchey. They were know? children. Well, that was it. They showed up. Well, they told us they were, like, 22 or something, and the kid's like, yeah, I'm 17. They were teenage 16. children, a bunch of 30-somethings fucking drinking and beer we and eating We Twinkies. weren't that old yet. I guess now. Mid-20s, late-20s, somewhere in there. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So that, that was one thing that comes to mind. Like, hey, a bunch of kids came back and drank alcohol with you that, you know, probably shouldn't have been there. I got a horror story for you. Sarah. Last big major camping we did out in New Hampshire, we went for this awesome fucking hike, and then I had to spend like $12 to take a shower. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in quarters. Into the mic. A tw- into the- $12 for a shower? I took a long shower. How long? I don't know. Half an hour. Oh, you in there pounding your putt or what? No, I just <laughs> wanted to get cleaned off, Corey. <laughs> No, I guess that's about all I got. Oh, well, yeah, I guess that's all I got for personal horror stories. I did want to make mention to one thing. Hmm. As we did say, it was actually kind of tough to find uh, stories. Just something Relative. To, yeah, yeah, not even that. Just, like, a couple came to mind immediately. But, it, you know, as we try to tr- keep these stories between, like, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. Yeah. Two that had to be mentioned. One I wasn't going to do because we both know about. Uh, but I just want to make mention. Fucking Donner Party. Donna Reed party would have been absolutely perfect. There would have been, I mean, that would have been for a horrible yeah. camping trip. Nothing. Ah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Essentially camping. But, but I kinda, do, yeah. a, a 10 minute thing for that just isn't, doesn't do it justice. But anybody who's interested in it, read uh, The Indifferent Stars Above because it was a fucking awesome book. Yeah. And then, oh, the Diet Love Past Incident was the other one. That was one that I was I thought about, but we both but we don't know, know about that it story. And, and I read, we both read that book. It's anybody really good. interested? Read Dead Mountain. Yeah, holy fuck! Really good book. What was that? 1957 or 58? I thought it was earlier in the 50s. Uh, Soviet Union skiers that went missing. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is mid late 50s. Well, missing. They found them. What was left of them? Yeah, very strange circumstances. And that was a legit camping trip. That was a legit camping trip. And I think that's one of the issues when we were trying to find stories. How you're saying, like, oh, the Donner Party. They weren't camping. They I were. Mean, they were. Mi- they were camping. They were migrating. They were eating outside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that as long as you're eating outside, you're camping. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So before we get into the stories, a quick statistic: according to the 2021 North American Camping Report, there is an estimated 86 million households in the U.S. that consider themselves campers, and 48 million of those took at least one camping trip last year. Though that and that was six million more than 2019 for obvious Obviously, reasons. Yes, everybody's going outside and doing stuff now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't even get into the park. Oh, they're fucking packed. Fucking mm-hmm. But I guess that's it's good to see people out at the parks. It's good to see people outside. At the same time, pick up after yourselves. Don't be a bunch of fucking douches. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Just keep just your saying. Fucking head <laughs> near the microphone. Near the microphone. We were watching the movies that made us, and they had uh, the Jurassic Park one mm-hmm. on, and they had the team underneath the T-Rex, you know, yeah. with the animatronic guys. Yeah, yeah, I thought if we could get a bunch of little guys like that to, to constantly to keep the boom, boom toward your face, then that would be... Is that in the budget? <laughs> Absolutely not. Do we have a budget? We have zero, but we're in the hole. <laughs> oh, really? They're not yeah. making money on this? Not at all. Not all a right. penny. Well, let's go camping. All right. Who's first? You. Oh, good. Because mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, so I got to ask before we start, what topic did you pick that has nothing to do with camping? Oh, no, it does. <laughs> really? It, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, okay. My only, 
Well, let's just talk about it. All I right. also mentioned that I had, I told you beforehand, I, I, this, the introduction to this is like two pages long because I thought this was going to be pretty short mm-hmm. and it's not, but whatever. Also, <laughs> well, there will actually be a few addendums as we get started here. Let me put my glasses on. <clears throat> to our listeners who don't care, I'm, uh, I have moved my laptop onto the computer. So I'm trying You've moved your laptop onto the computer? Or onto the table. And He's facing the wrong way. He has a mic in front of him. It's not awkwardly to the oh side. God, what do I do? You have to sit still. Okay. I know that's a tall order. So um, the title of this, and I, as soon as I say this, I realize my mistake. Uh, the title of this is finally an entire episode about shit. Okay. But then I remembered that you already did an episode about yeah, the Gong, Gong Farmer. It was yeah. all about shit. Shitty I was job. real proud of that title. I told Mandy. <laughs> I wrote half of this, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Corey already <laughs> did that. I do not think that we are going to have any crossover here, but let's let's get into it. All right. Well, uh, if it's about shit, then no. Okay. And it is. Honestly, I'm surprised that it took this long for me to find a way to talk about poop for 20-ish minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but either way, here we are. And before I hear any fucking sighs or groans or eye rolling from the other side of the table, okay, Ugh. I just asked for a brief moment to explain myself and what scrapped ideas, at least a few of them for today, landed me knee deep in the subject of shit. And I don't think it's going to be anything. Yet. Pun intended? Yes, there's a lot of puns <clears throat> throughout this. All right, I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> um, I am the pun isher. Anyway. After all. As we most likely mentioned in our brilliant and off-the-cuff introduction, camping as a subject uh, actually wound up being a little difficult to tackle in the 15 to 20-ish minutes that we try to limit ourselves to for a story. As we said, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of camping horror stories out there, but the really juicy ones deserve a much longer treatment than we have time for today. Yes. Uh, So here's a few fun ones. Siege camps came to mind immediately because... uh, uh, Guessing it's probably most likely because I've been consuming an unhealthy amount of Dan Carlin lately. Like, a lot. <laughs> I had to take a break. Yeah. Uh, but this idea was quickly tossed aside once it dawned on me that I didn't have a whole year to research the subject. <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah. Next came leper camps, <laughs> but that was just too sad. I have trouble picking too hard on outcasts as it is, and add to that that their noses are melting off their faces, and it's just a non-starter. But then, of course, oh, yeah, we already talked about... The River Thames, Victorians. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, honestly, that was what I was going to do, but it was just kind of fucking boring. Early, early camping? Yeah. Yeah, it was really, boring. It really was just people casually. I didn't think it was be that boring. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I, my big thing was like, fucking river must have stunk. Yeah. Oh. When they when they ride bikes and stuff, like a yes. lot of bicycle camping. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And tennis. It was a big thing. They've been playing tennis for like hundreds of years. Thousands yeah. Of they're known for that. You know, Wimbledon, all that shit. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. Tennis. <laughs> oh, that would be then, like someone coming to the U.S. be like, you know, they kick that fucking weird little ball around and run around with it like a football. Like, football. Yeah, American football. Like, yeah. Yeah, that threw me off. I'm listening to The Book Thief, and they refer to it as soccer, even though they're in Germany. But I think that was just for the American audience. The translation? Yes. Okay. Anyway, uh, I spent an evening reading testimonials from Bigfoot hunting camps. <laughs> All right. Uh, but it proved to be too intangible for me, uh, <clears throat> despite their most likely smelling just as rancid as in the 1870s overnight on the River Thames. Mm. Though this, and this we talked about a little bit, the spooky avenue did lead me down uh, an evening reading about real summer camp massacres, of which there are many. Really? Yes. Ooh. I didn't know this. Wow. Uh, perhaps the most notorious of which being the Oklahoma Girl Scouts massacre of June 13th, 1977. But it... Although it like undoubtedly qualifies as a very bad camping trip, it borders on too horrible to talk about. At least 
for me. For you, yeah. Yes. I had 100%, I'm not kidding, started writing a show on camping out for video game and movie releases. But I couldn't find anything like too tough about it. <laughs> oh, I, really? I know. I even had a thing. Who would have thought? <laughs> I was going to talk about camping in Halo, like waiting at spawn points. Uh-huh. No, it wasn't the whole story. Uh, so you've, I, you've camped for games, haven't you? Yes. I, I, well, not camp, but waited. No, I, I waited for like four or five hours for minute release for Halo 2 in the special edition, all that shit. I think, I'm trying to think I was, I think three, the third Halo I, I stayed up for. Yeah, we went and had a LAN party afterward till like four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then I went and worked at a smoke shop. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, so, yeah, the second one, I remember. Yeah, I think both of them we did. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um. So finally, yeah. I asked myself, what scares me about camping? Mm-hmm. What sort of hardship would I say was a deal breaker? Two things immediately came to mind. One, mm-hmm. being naked outside. Uh, oh, that's a good time. Yes. All, no, missing. no, this is not you. This oh, is me. Oh, yeah, okay, all right, all right. Being naked outside. All my soft bits exposed to nature and having to shit outside. <laughs> Again, all my soft bits exposed to nature. So to wrap it up, these two pages of what Corey would probably call useless information, it was actually Mandy who roundaboutly made the decision for me when she innocently set a book in the bathroom that would end up being the basis for today's show. Yes. That and having scared – you're going to like this – having scared myself away from doing a show on nudist camps or naturist camps. Hmm. Yes. Uh, I was all in after reading a story on ABC News about church groups in Arizona and Nevada. This is real. Mm -hmm. Organizing nude summer camps for children, ages 11 to 18. Now that's some low-hanging fruit. Oh, (laughs) Jesus Christ! (laughs) Well done. Okay. So... Um, to be sent away to a summer camp, <laughs> to be sent away to a summer camp as an early teen is frightening enough. But to arrive, open your suitcase, and discover only a pair of shoes and a fanny pack is the stuff of literal nightmares for me. It was perfect okay. for a story. That is until I hit return on a Google search, including the following words: nude, nudist, and kids. <laughs> once it dawned you're, on me, you're on a list. Yeah. Once it dawned on me, what sort of list I may have just landed myself on, I decided to let fate intervene and picked up Manny's book, scooted out my squatty potty, and settled down for what turned out to be a wonderful read. The book that Mandy said amongst our other, and I think I mentioned this book too, but mm-hmm. the book that Mandy mentioned or uh, said amongst our other bathroom reading material, more as a joke than anything, was Kathleen Meyer's "How to Shit in the Woods." Oh. Second edition. I, I've seen that on your toilet, yes. right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it is exactly what its title presents it as. A fun attempt to make shitting outdoors more approachable and less intimidating for timid little butts like mine. So today, instead of the no-nonsense, concise, and to-the-point stories our listeners have come to expect from yours truly, we're going to... <laughs> well, 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 well. Hey, hurt, hurt. Roll it back. Hurt, mm, hurt. Uh, we're going to be discussing some of my favorite advice, horror story and horror stories from Kathleen Meyer. Uh, for how to properly shit and piss when outside your home. Okay. Are you ready? I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Okay. And you get some accents, too. I'm all holes. Well, I can see all of them. <laughs> no, of I'm a nudist. Uh, <laughs> and he's only 11. Oh. Uh, so Kathleen opens her book with a quote that acts as a reminder that everyone shits. And we've all been doing it for a very long time. From the Fables of Aesop, volume 15, year 1484. Quote, I die shit. Three great turds. That was quite the accent. I can't get it quite right. It sounds like fat bastard. It does. I just going for like a middle age or not middle aged, medieval England. <laughs> I don't know anything about the fables of Aesop. 
But anyway, as long as you get to talk in an accent, yes. you're happy. Oh, I got another one too. I got Catherine Hepburn in like a page. All right. So people have been shooting outside since before recorded history. So why it's so frightening and embarrassing for some of us, I do not know. But I do count myself among this camp. And it's not just human beings, as Catherine Meyer brings up early in her book. Someone has been shitting upon Mother Earth, be it people, animals, fish, birds, dinosaurs, or even microorganisms, for somewhere in the vicinity of 230 million years. That's oh. a lot of poop. That's a lot of dung. That's a lot of poop. <clears throat> so, it's, uh, it's really only been like the last century and a half since Thomas J. Crapper came up with the discreet flushable toilet and trap mm-hmm. um, that society has gotten squeamish about depositing our turds outside. To be fair, not everyone is ashamed to do what is perfectly natural bodily function. Certainly not Kathleen or her very candid friends whose colorful stories made How to Shit in the Woods such a delight. Um, even some home- high-profile folks seem unbothered by shit. Kathleen Meyer... <laughs> this one's not going to work well. Uh, <laughs> Kathleen Meyer quotes Catherine Hepburn from The Making of the African Queen as saying, And you will see... That my Catherine Hepburn starts out poor, mm-hmm. gets worse, and then ends up at JFK at the end. I tried this like three times. Because <laughs> <All right. laughs> I never watch any of her movies. I just know her yeah. from The Aviator. Uh-huh. So really, it's just Kate Blanchett. <clears throat> okay. Quote, bowels are not exactly a polite subject for conversation, but they are certainly a common problem. Please think of me again as the urologist's daughter. It may disgust you, it may disgust you <laughs> that I've brought it all up, but who knows? Life has some problems which are basic for all of us and about which we have unnatural reticence. Huh? Ask not what you can do for your butthole. I know. I tried really hard not to get into JFK. <laughs> no, that was good. Okay. So even Marie Antoinette famously and very publicly spread her skirts and dropped the ground for one last dookie before losing her head to the guillotine. Though this was probably from the sheer fear of being moments away from losing her head. Fun fact. One avenue of thought, and I may have spoken this before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. One avenue of thought that scientists are considering as far as why we shit ourselves involuntarily during particularly stressful and fearful situations, mm-hmm. is that the reaction is an evolutionary holdover from early man. The idea being that when our ancestors... Did yeah. we talk about this? We, we've talked about on this. On the show? Not on the show, but okay. just it, because we talk about dumb shit like that all yes. the time. I think it's awesome shit. I mean, it's... Okay, yeah, so like our ancestors were... When they were in a fearful situation, it very likely involved being gored by another predator Mm -hmm. or stabbed by another human and an immediate evacuation of the bowels would greatly reduce the risk of infection of an abdominal wound yep for a fun bit of contrast i got diarrhea the other day after thinking too long about what would happen if i forgot to wear pants to work that's true (laughs) you got so nervous about not wearing pants sometimes i'm in a hurry in the morning so when i get in the car i chuck the fabric of my shorts to make sure i'm wearing pants I'm serious. Oh, that's awesome. Have you shown up to work without pants or something? Has that happened? I've gone for the door in my underwear. <laughs> I've never, never made, made it, it the out car? the door. I've had a hand. I can't wait for the day you text me and say, I showed up in my underwear and my boss made me work all day in my underwear. The day that we're a success and we start making money on this, <laughs> I'll go to fucking work in my underwear. Anyway. <laughs> so never. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But let's get back to Ms. Hepburn and the uh, former Queen of France. The reason I've brought up these titans of history and the public airing of their most delicate moments is to suggest this. Perhaps it is not just death, as is so often suggested, that is the great equalizer, but another equally stinky and unavoidable eventuality. It's shit. Mm-hmm. Or as Corey likes to say, it's shit. You know what it is? It's shit. It's shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
We all do it. And sometimes we have to do it outside. So let's finally get into some invaluable advice from Ms. Kathleen Meyer on how to shit outside properly in an environmentally responsible way. And that last bit is, at least to Ms. Meyer, especially important as about half of the book is how to protect the fragile ecosystem around you, and the other half is dedicated to protecting the frightened pooper. And there are countless dangers lurking at asshole level that vigilant campers and hikers should be ever aware of. Everything from snakes, ants, especially ants. Mm-hmm. A lot of ant stories. Yeah. <clears throat> Fire ant up your oh, butt. Oh, boy. Or a thousand of them. Ugh. Yeah. Um, ants, poison oak, poison ivy. Or in the case of some of the adventures of explorer Tom Cahill, literally beating pigs away with a stick before being able to safely drop his drawers. Wow. He's an interesting guy, hmm. if you get a chance to look at him. Um, even our hero, Kathleen Meyer, recounts an, uh, accidentally pissing on the nest of a chukar, a bird similar to a partridge, while kayaking in Oregon, hmm. an experience made all the more frightening by the reaction of the chukar. Ms. Meyer describes the bird as being, quote, absurdly stupid and has the added hereditary misfortune of a lunatic voice, a cuckoo bird with the hiccups. Hmm. No. A fat <laughs> I'm sure they would make some wacky noises if you just pissed on its nest. Well, I guess anything would, yeah. But in this case, it's a chukar. Mm-hmm. So no, a fat, uh, piss-spattered chicken making its screaming escape from between your bare legs is not ideal. But were you a hungry boy or girl looking for easy game, the chukar may be your best bet. As Meyer further berates the poor, stupid chukar by suggesting, quote, it has been my experience that if you decide upon a chukar for dinner, you could walk right up to one, hand it a stone, and it would agreeably hit itself over the head for you. Speaking of hunting, another cautionary tale brought to us by Ms. Meyer is that of her friend Edwin, uh, first names for the most part here, mm-hmm. who found himself on a solo hunting trip one fall day in a light drizzle when a storm of his own began to brew. Edwin be- Edwin, <laughs> The rumble from under. Get some hot tea here. Yeah. It's only about 80 in here. You got to slug oh, some hot tea. I'm telling you, man. It's my throat. <laughs> this summer cold. Um, Edwin. Summer, yeah, you got the coof. <laughs> Edwin eventually comes upon the uh, perfect log underneath the protective canopy of a tree. Preparing to leave a log of his own, Edwin drops his poncho and pops a squat. Thoroughly relieved, Edwin stands back up and shrugs his poncho on and turns around to inspect his leavings. Only there's nothing there. Hmm. Hmm. Puzzled, Edwin scours the length of the log, trying to f- locate his own. Nothing. The ghost poop. A phenomenon that I myself have yep. experienced, and one that I'm sure you and have. I was just about to say, you get up, and where the it's fuck gone. did it go? So, yeah, the ghost poop. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that Edwin had heard rumor of such a thing himself, Yes, uh, being an outdoorsman. Undeterred, Edwin grabs his rifle and continues on through the damp. After a few moments, Edwin slings the hood of his poncho back onto his head oh. to ward off the rain, only to warmly discover where his ghost poop has been hiding all along. Ah. It was a seven-mile hike to the nearest creek before poor Edwin could rinse out his hair. Ah. Yes. That sucks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> as uncomfortable an experience um, as this may have been for Edwin, he was at least saved the embarrassment of an audience. Mm-hmm. Not so for Henry. Another friend of Ms. Meyer, whose morning constitutional had him seeking high ground above the camp of his river rafting friends. And though Henry was in the right as far as doing his business above the floodplain. Excuse me, Mom. Oh, he's belching. He's belching. Uh, Belch into the mic. (laughs) Do it louder. No! (laughs) So anyway, Henry was in the right as far as doing his business above the floodplain. 
he forgot the cardinal rule of shitting outside. Mm-hmm. Always dig a hole. Yep. So here's Henry, about 60-ish yards from camp. His nether is discreetly hidden by some sparse brush. Excuse me. It's just that seltzer water. I know. I shouldn't have had that. I should have just stuck with the tea. Uh, anyway. You are a wreck over here. I am. His nether is discreetly <laughs> hidden by some sparse brush, uh, but with a clear view of his fellow campers beginning their morning routine of preparing coffee and a hearty breakfast. Content with his Latin life, Henry finally produces his hearty round turd, which teeters underneath him like a cartoon boulder before finally beginning its roll toward disaster. <laughs> Due to whatever diet this river goer practiced, his sturdy shit ball kept its shape as it began to tumble down the hill and, to Henry's horror, right towards camp. <laughs> <laughs> shit boulders? <laughs> shit boulders headed to camp? The brown cue ball picked up speed and kicked up dust and even gathered a small avalanche of pebbles and dirt before it flung into the air and landed with a thud six inches from the bare foot of the terrified woman on coffee duty that morning. (laughs) That morning. that poor (laughs) bastard. That morning it looked like she'd be doing double duty. Ah, ah, that's like four of them. That's good. Okay, so those are some of the fine examples of like how not to shit in the woods. Mm-hmm. Now let's take a few minutes, look at some suggestions at how to drop your load the correct way. Mm-hmm. We'll use Henry's downhill disaster as a leaping off point. What did he do right? I'm not asking you. This isn't a script. I, I, I know. We, we Scripts don't work. No. <clears throat> what did he do right? First, <laughs> he distanced himself from camp, depositing his dirty dookie away from his friends and their foodstuffs, or at least that was his intention. Second, he took the high ground. As Kathleen Mayer uh, stresses over and over again throughout her book, always find the high ground. Look for evidence of high water marks to avoid having to shit your shit eventually swept away by the local water source. Mm-hmm. This is especially important near a river, as was the case with the unfortunate Henry. As we mentioned earlier, what Henry didn't do was dig a hole. Always dig a hole. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, shit can take months, sometimes closer to a year, to fully decompose. Our dear friend Kathleen suggests digging a hole six to eight inches deep and then using a stick, this gets a little gross, using a stick to stir your little pile of shame into the soil. <laughs> you make shit soup. Okay. Make a bowl I'm of shit serious. soup. So, yes, stir, stir it uh, into the soil before burying your brown treasure to avoid it being dug up by local wildlife. In the case of multiple shitters, especially those who aren't shy, a trough could be in order. What? <laughs> Okay, I'm just thinking. Of I like, thought this would appeal to you because you've always wanted to poop with your buddies. <laughs> You're always going on about how like the Romans got the shit together. Yeah, just hang out and dump with your yeah. pals. No, I'm just picturing modern day. You know, you go into some bars and they still have trods, or you go to like uh, arenas, Fucking football game, baseball yeah. game, yeah. Hockey, and yes. they have a trough, and you go it's in, disgusting. and there's always the big swinging dick comes in next. Yes. Hey, what's up, buddy? And whips his yeah, hiding out in the corner, yep. peeing into Flops the flops it over the your shoulder yeah. so he can. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cock so big he flops it over your shoulder so he can get in. Is that something that happened to you? Oh, all the time. Was yeah. this at that nudist camp when you were 11? Oh yeah. Wow. No. Anyway, anyway, yeah. So I'm just picturing a modern trough walking into the bathroom at a bar. There's a bunch of dudes just dumping it. Not a trough like that. No. I know. No. All right. Let me explain. Go on. So, anyway, (laughs) the length of the trough will be determined by the number of shitters and the duration of the stay. Again, the trough should be approximately six to eight inches deep. But for added comfort and ease, long branches can be propped along the, like each side of the trough. Mm-hmm. To support these branches, tether each end to three shorter branches tied together at the top like a teepee. 
There you go. Hang on, squat down, and go to Brown Town. Afterwards, courteously stir your turd into the community with the community shit stick and bury your poo. Whoever's next in line can shuffle down another foot or so and repeat. People do this. Hmm. I know. It's yeah. fucking I'm a little I'm not interested. Yeah. But, uh, so Digging a hole and stirring up a little poop soup is great fun and all, but what happens when leaving that little bit of your behind behind just isn't an option? Simple. Mm-hmm. You bring it with you. Now, if this sounds gross to you, it's because it is fucking gross. Mm-hmm. Every time that I poop, I like to pretend that it never happened and that the only reason that I even have a butt is just to have something to sit on. The idea of packing out <laughs> my uh, cases have a hard time with that. It's difficult. <laughs> Personally, the idea of packing out my quesadilla-looking poop in a PVC tube strapped to my backpack. <laughs> Triangle? Huh? Quesadilla-shaped poop? That would be a, ha- be a half moon. Half moon? Yeah. Okay. The half moon. Well, it's not a slice. You, before you cut it. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, packing that out in a PVC tube strapped <clears throat> to my backpack like the telltale heart is horrifying to me. Mm-hmm. But after reading How to Shit in the Woods, I can see that in certain situations, it's the right thing to do. Um, oh, well, that shouldn't be there. So packing out your turds is a relatively recent practice. Think mid-70s and beyond. Yeah. Um, that was spurred by the increased popularity of national parks, piking, rock climbing, stuff like that. Yep. Climbing, uh, Rock climbing in particular could have warranted its own episode, having a litany of horror stories. Mm. Early methods of disposal while on sometimes day-long climbs included shitting into a paper bag and throwing it into a tree, or simply dropping trowel right there and leaving the rest to gravity. Shit smeared rock faces became just Ugh. as com- became just as common as shit smeared people faces who found themselves unlucky enough to have lined themselves up directly underneath a fellow climber with poor aim. Over time Ugh. it came yes. Over time it became very apparent that packing it out was something that the only it was the only responsible route to take in certain yeah. situations. Um, there are a variety of methods to use when packing it out. Which one is right for you depends on your location and personal preference. For example, Ms. Meyer points out that the Grand Canyon River Permit Office hands out two full pages of instructions to river guides on how to properly pack out poop. There is absolutely no shitting on the stony beaches along the river, though I'm sure some turds have slipped through the cracks. <clears throat> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they have. With, uh, with some exceptions, since 1979, all human waste has been required to land squarely in a pack-out container which are then themselves packed away in a watertight box to avoid river contamination. If this all sounds like a little bit of overkill, uh, Kathleen Mayer does a nice job of putting it into perspective when she says, quote, there is the potential for 200,000 deposits per year on the canyon beaches, roughly 50,000 tons of shit. I believe it. Yes. Imagine, purely for the sake of comprehension, finding 200,000 helpings of spaghetti and meatballs Ooh, spaghetti. Um, <laughs> what you buried, spaghetti for lunch? <laughs> buried in the sand. I mid quote, so I can't. Now I'm talking. It's okay. Buried in the sand. And with that picture, you know, the national parks regulations become perfectly understandable. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> again, the container used for your stinky cargo will depend on where you find yourself. Rock climbers and hikers alike have taken to a simple two inch PVC tube with a screw cap that is then hung off their pack. Shitting onto a piece of thin biodegradable paper and then folding it up like a little doggy bag is also acceptable. I myself actually have an unused Biffy bag, which is essentially a wearable toilet. Though an opportunity has not presented itself yet for me to use it. Why do you have that? A friend of ours gave it to me like, 
I don't know, eight years ago. Really? Yeah, I'm like, this is great. I'm going to shit it today. And that's been eight years. I still haven't shitted it. <laughs> I want you to take it out I'll the show backyard. You. Hey, that'll be our picture. I'll put the bit. I had an idea on. for a picture. Okay. Anyway, we'll talk about it. So anyway. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, yes, I haven't used it yet. But Some folks use old ammunition tins, which have been nicknamed Groovers, yep. uh, due to the log rend indentations left on your poor exposed cheeks. Even just using a bucket with some potting soil in the bottom and a tight sealing lid is a welcome alternative to spraying down the local fauna. Mm-hmm. Now, where does all this shit up after, end up after you're out of the woods? Most parks have disposable si- or disposal sites, uh, composting out houses, septics, etc. But the parks with a bit of a higher budget may even have what's called a scat machine. Ooh. Yes. Not like that. No, it's not a stereo. I'm the scat man. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be hearing that a lot at your wedding, aren't we? It's on the playlist. Okay. It's on the playlist. So the scat machine is essentially a giant washing machine that you place your improvised dookie box in, add some quarters, and voila! Your turds are gone, your container is washed, and it's presented back to you as clean as a whistle that you just happened to have shat on an hour ago. Hmm. Yeah, they're pretty slick. They're also like $30,000. Oh, cool. So, and all that's just scratching the surface of the best methods to pack out your turds. Now, I have to wrap this up, but very briefly, piss. Piss is actually a pretty easy one, as long as you're a guy. Unlike shit, piss is sterile, relatively mm-hmm. harmless. Pretty much just do it wherever you like. Yep. In fact, most river guides will request that all liquid leavings find their way into the river to be washed away. Really? Yes. They don't want you to piss on stones. Piss huh. into the water. Huh. Because it's so minuscule. Oh, it won't the affect you. Yeah. yeah. So um, pretty much, uh, yeah, do it wherever you want. Um, as for the ladies, Kathleen has what sounds like some sound advice that I am just not equipped to give a go. It seems to involve a rock of a certain incline facing a tree with an easily reachable Y in the trunk. So I just get a she-we. Well, yes. Barring that, you can shell out 15 to 20 bucks for a she-we, a pitching track, a tinkle bell, or a sheenus. A sheenus, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, remember the commercial for the sheenus? Giant gold sheenus. Not wearing any pants, pissing on a cactus. Yeah. It's a fucking awesome commercial. That is the best sales pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that commercial. Yes, look up the commercial for Sheenus. Do you put that on our Instagram? <laughs> no, I'm not no putting you can't. The, I'm not putting the Sheenus video up. Okay. I, don't even, I doubt it's still up on YouTube. Oh, look when we're done. So thanks to these products, now we can all stand to take a piss. But as I've said, I barely scratched the surface of what this book has to offer. We didn't even get to talk about frosting. Uh, maybe hmm. afterward. Uh, yeah, maybe. Or the wonderful dictionary at the end of the book filled with dozens of fun ways to use the word the, the word shit outside. It's awesome. Cool. Um, but uh, today's tale needs to end somewhere, and I can think of no better way to wrap this up than with the quote that, ap- that opens Chapter 4 of How to Shit in the Woods, Plight of the Solo Poop Packer. From the book, okay. End Product, The First Taboo, by Don Sabbath and Mandel Hall, quote, you cannot escape. Every part. <laughs> I already fucked it up. I already blew it. Damn it. <laughs> Good thing it wasn't a joke. <clears throat> Punchline is <laughs> fucked. <laughs> you cannot escape. Every day a part of you turns to shit. Yep. I thought that was really good. That's true. Yeah. I, I like it. So that's essentially my book report on how to shit in the woods. That was good. I could see you drawing your fear, you know, drawing from your whole shitting in the woods fear. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't care for it. If I don't have to, no, I won't. I mean, no. if I changed my diet mm-hmm. and everything was a little more manageable. Yeah. I mean, there's some 
like Chipotle <laughs> weekends that I just can't imagine oh, God. having to pack something out. Oh, you would oh. feel like you'd fill an ammo tin in like an afternoon. Can you imagine being under me on a rock face? <laughs> God. Ah. Oh. Think of the brown rain. I brought the book, so I'll have to show you. That afterwards. was a shitty story. Well, I'm gonna go home. That's now. a pun. That's a shitty Arr! That's a shitty pun. Arr! All so right. There you go. <clears throat> I did. I like that. That was good. I, I'm glad you went that that route and we didn't cross paths. <clears throat> now, this is awesome because the opening line of my story. I had no clue what you were doing. Okay? Would you like me to kick off my story? Yes, I'm amped. It has something to do with shit, doesn't it? All right. Nature is calling, and I'm not talking about Chris taking his third shit of the day. (laughs) That's the first words in my story. (laughs) Yeah? I had no clue you were doing a shit story. (laughs) All right. That's only Saturdays. Yeah. Oh, it is Saturday. It's Saturday. We're recording on a Saturday. This is strange. Yeah. All right. Nature's calling, and I'm not talking about Chris taking his third shit of the day. I'm talking about legit going outside and getting engulfed into the vast glory of nature, the sights, smells, and sounds of it. It's time to leave your dull life of rush hour traffic, punching a keyboard, and nosy neighbors behind. We're going camping. And the, the keyboard part, that's like my fun part of my week. Uh, yeah, I could see but. that. You could take your laptop with you camping. Okay. <laughs> you pack your bags, round up the family, and load up your minivan with way too much shit and head for the great outdoors. Now, the great outdoors being a well-groomed KOA campground just barely outside the city limits. You unload the van and proceed to pitch a tent while your kids are busy complaining about being bored. And then your wife begins cursing you up and down because she's getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. It's right about that time that the family dog, a highly unintelligent golden retriever, runs off chasing your new camp neighbor's kids around, ultimately putting you on bad terms with the whole campground all weekend. They're stupid dogs. (laughs) Ah, the great outdoors. Escaping the woes of modern life sure is swell. But if that's the worst of your camping troubles for the weekend, then be grateful, because there are far worse and strange things that can happen to you while enjoying your time in the wilderness. Now, not everyone who goes camping is just heading off to a glorified trailer court in the woods. No, some people actually trek deep into the wilds to truly escape civilized life. And sometimes that quick escape from the modern world will cost them a lifetime of heartache, unanswered questions, or even death. Thus bringing us to the first story of the day. I got a few stories in this. Oh, you're taking a page out of my book. Yeah. I bet you it's in fucking Norway again. All North America. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You didn't pay attention to anything I said no. to you. That's why I was worried about us doing the same story. I'm like, he didn't fucking listen to a word I said. <laughs> I forgot. You changed it. <clears throat> yeah, I changed the story. Uh, All right. A few years ago, back in 2015. Take me to North America. <laughs> we're, we're there. We're there. Back in 2015, a young engaged couple from Idaho by the name of Jessica Mitchell and Vernal Dior Coon Sr., that's a mouthful, went on a nice little family camping trip into the vast wilderness of Idaho, ending up at the Timber Creek Campground located in the Salmon Chayas National Forest, which is roughly a half-hour drive down rugged, unpaved roads from the nearest small town of Lador. The trip was meant to be a nice, quiet weekend away to relax and do some fishing. 
Along for the trip was the couple's two-year-old son, Dior Jr., his great-grandfather, Robert Walton, and Isaac Reinwald, who was a fishing buddy of Robert's. <clears throat> Were they going to a stupid name competition? <sighs> That's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's a lot of <laughs> fucked up <laughs> names. That poor fucking oh. kid. Well, well, hold Dior. on. Dior? Right. So... Sounds like a butter substitute. You're going to change what you're saying here shortly. (laughs) Okay. The trip was going relatively smooth until around 2 p.m. on July 10th when after Jessica, Dior Sr., and Dior Jr. returned to the campground from a quick supply run into town. They were greeted by Robert just chilling at the campsite and Isaac holding a few large fish that he had just caught, claiming he found a great new fishing spot. Excited, the couple began to follow Isaac toward the fishing stream through the woods, and noticed that their son, Dior Jr., was tagging along, until he decided halfway toward the wood line that he wanted to go back and hang out with Grandpa. Jessica noticing... How old is Dior? He's like two or three. He's really young. Oh, okay. He's a little kid. Um, Jessica noticing that he had stopped and started walking back to the campground, she yelled for Robert to keep an eye on Junior while they went to the fishing hole. It would be that short walk across open ground that anyone would ever see Dior Jr. alive again. Jesus. Yeah. Huh. Told you to watch your tongue, pal. All right. I'm sorry, Dior. (laughs) Within 15 minutes, the couple returned to the campground and asked Robert where the boy was, to which he replied, I thought he was with you. He didn't really hear across the... That's why you make sure that your Uh, fucking two-year-old gets back and isn't uh just in the woods by themselves. They sound like bad parents. And from this point on, it would turn into one of the biggest missing person cases in Idaho's history. Massive search parties, including police, search and rescue, and volunteers came in for weeks and picked the campground apart, to which they could discover not a single shred of evidence. Later, the campers were questioned on several occasions, and some claim were suspected of wrongdoing. But to this day, there has been zero evidence to the boy's whereabouts. It's as if he'd vanished from the face of the earth without without a trace while deep in the wilds of North America. Now, I can go into great detail about the disappearance of Dior Jr., but as tragic as a family losing a child is, that isn't the main point of today's story. What we're talking about today is the deeper mystery that has been plaguing North America for the last century, and that issue is the thousands... The Italians. The Italians? (laughs) (laughs) No, this isn't New York City. (laughs) This isn't the plague of Italians in New York City. (laughs) North America. Uh, <laughs> you really know how to kill my fucking flow. All right, go ahead. And that issue is the, <laughs> the thousands of campers, hikers, and hunters who have vanished without a trace from state and national forests, with some being found later deceased in a veil of mystery or some never being found at all. I know what you're thinking. Oh, here we go. Corey's going to go on some Alex Jones rant about how gay demon space alien ghosts from the woods have been scooping people up to sacrifice them to Bigfoot. I've been saying it all along. And as magical and awesome as that would be, I'm going to refrain from going full conspiracy theory on you and just stick to the facts and to the stories as they have been told, for the most part. And with that said, on to the second story. Now, every person who goes missing isn't some toddler or typical inexperienced online influencer who fell off a cliff while getting a butthole selfie. No. Like a juggalo? There's a lot of people who have died taking selfies in oh, national okay. parks. Not buttholes. Just being selfies. idiots. No, I just wanted okay. to throw that All in right. there. because That's what happened. Yeah. 
Well, probably there's there's probably someone who has fallen off a cliff. That could be our photo for the episode. (laughs) No, I'm not taking a picture of your butthole. All right. Ugh. God. No. Some of these people are well-versed outdoorsmen and women who have pretty much grown up in the woods and know their way around the wilds. Take, for example, the story of Tom Messick. Tom was an older man from Troy, New York, who had spent almost all of his free time in the great outdoors. He loved fishing, hunting, camping, and all things wilderness. He was a military veteran and even one of the state's uh, hunter safety instructors in his county. So to say he was a dummy when it came to the wilds of the Northeast, you would be dead wrong. Back in 2015, again, uh, Tom, his sons, and his hunting buddies were all up at their jointly owned deer camp around Brant Lake in upstate New York, uh, taking part in their annual deer hunt. The group of hunters decided that morning on November 15th that they wanted to do a drive over a hill at a new hunting spot to try and move some deer. And the, for the for those of us who aren't hunters... I'm going to explain what a drive is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I already have that in there because I know you're not a hunter. The young hunters in the group told the older guys from camp to line up roughly 100 yards apart down an access road and sit tight while they would walk around the small hill and essentially flank any deer that were in the area and push them right into the crosshairs of the older hunters. It was a very textbook deer drive. I remember going on a drive with you when we were younger and with another friend of ours, mm-hmm. and you said we were going to drive, and they were going to give me a gun, and you did, but I thought we were going to shoot from the car, the truck. <laughs> no. We're, I thought that's what a drive was. No, we're not, we're not that shady of rednecks. And then we went out, and you guys drove the deer. Drove the deer. Somebody shot, and I dropped to the ground. <laughs> Got terrified. The only time I ever went hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Tom was one of the four older men who took a static position along the road. And the drive commenced. By the time all the younger guys made the drive and managed to move zero deer, the hunt was pretty much done. But a new hunt was about to begin, the hunt for Tom Messick. Tom had vanished into thin air. He had his rifle, food, miscellaneous hunting gear, and a walkie-talkie all on his person, and not a single item was left where he was last seen. Rangers were informed of his disappearance, and half of the hunting party stayed throughout the night, driving around, spotting, and yelling for Tom, but to no avail. Over the next days and weeks, roughly 300 people, ranging from state troopers, search and rescue, DEC, and volunteers, scoured the areas lo- <coughs> area looking for Tom Messick. But like so many cases before, he had just stepped off the face of the earth, not leaving a shred of evidence, and <coughs> he's been missing to this very day. Now, a little creepy side note, it was stated by the search and rescue teams that the whole time they were looking for Tom, there was no like animal activity or noise in the woods at all, which is weird. That fucking shit creeps the... Yeah, I, I, I love missing person yeah. stuff, like unsolved mystery stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, yeah, well, same thing with like, like fucking UFO sightings and shit like that. So it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, animals going quiet. And, yeah. I mean, they could just be sleeping, but... And he could be like a sushi journeyman in japan right now well, and just not talk to anybody but yeah so right now i'm sure some of you are channeling your inner skeptic and asking the usual questions like what if these people were attacked by an animal kidnapped fell in a body of water crossed paths with a criminal or they didn't want to be found and you'd be right in asking those questions because that's what any rational person would do and in 99 percent of cases like this it's usually the most obvious answer that's the right one but in a lot of the unexplained missing persons cases, the telltale signs of the quote-unquote obvious answers are nowhere to be found. 
And even worse, in cases when a body finally is discovered, it usually adds more questions than answers. Take, for example, the case of Dr. James McGrogan. James was a well-to-do ER doctor who was quite versed in hiking and had knowledge of the outdoors. Back on March 14, 2014, James and three of his hiking friends went on a popular winter hike in White River National Forest in Colorado. The hike was a nine-mile trek into the snowy mountains towards the Eisman Huts that are en route to Camp Hale. The hikers' plan was to stay at one of the huts and move on to the main camp the following day. Well, a few hours into the hike, the group stopped to rest, and James proceeded to hike on ahead, saying that the group will eventually catch back up with him. Well, later in the day, the remainder of the group made it to the Eisman Huts, but Dr. McGrogan was nowhere to be found. The remaining hikers quickly got in contact with authorities, and the search began that evening. For the next several weeks, search crews spent over a thousand man-hours of time utilizing snowmobiles, helicopters, and search and rescue teams to look for James. But it wasn't until finally on April 3rd that a group of backcountry skiers came across his body 4.5 miles from the trail he was on. His corpse was found on an ice shelf, bruised with trauma to his left chest, a broken femur, and head injuries. Now at a glance, one might think that he probably just got lost and hypothermic and eventually took a bad fall resulting in the injuries, which is a logical thing to say. But what makes this illogical is the fact that when James left, he was equipped with all the proper gear for hiking up a snowy mountain. He had food, water, proper clothing, a ski helmet, camping equipment, an avalanche beacon, a GPS tracker, a split snowboard, and medical supplies. Like, fucking dude. He was, was ready to go. He knew what he was doing. So, uh, but when his body was finally found, uh, he had his cell phone, his ski helmet, and his split snowboard, but oddly had no gloves, no boots, and no coat. The question remains, how the hell did this guy wind up dead? And to add to the mystery, the coroner reported he died from his multiple injuries and not hypothermia. You see, the shedding of clothes is one of the final stages that people go through when, hypoth when hypothermic. So, mm -hmm. who the hell knows? Now, when it comes to strange things happening in national forests and state forests, I didn't just want to take the word of a few documentaries and some online stories, so I reached out to a couple friends of ours, Bob and Nikki, who live out in the Pacific Northwest. They spend a lot of their free time camping, photographing, and hiking through the American West. And I would go on to say they are far more experienced outdoors than your average weekend campground commandos. I forget they're out there. Yeah. Um, I asked them if they have ever had strange or odd experiences while traveling the Wild West, and they shared a few tales with me. They had a couple comical ones about, like, two brothers who were hammered in the Redwood Forest. <laughs> they were, like, busy arm wrestling and, like, fighting, I guess, like, throwing fists. Um, and there was another one uh, about some dumbass kids who were camping in, uh, camping in a windstorm without a tent. And they were trying to open cans of food. With that sounds like some dumb shit thing we, we would have done. done yeah. yeah, trying to open cans of food with rocks. Like they had no equipment apparently. <laughs> now I understand the odd human element that one might see in the wild can be comical, but sometimes it can be spooky. For example, they were trekking through the Steens Mountain Range when, completely out of nowhere, some random creepy dude shows up and offers the two of them a ride. And I guess he was like persistent about it. Yeah, like, what the I was, fuck? Oh. Yeah, like, out of, out of nowhere. I spent a night reading about uh, Appalachian Trail abductions mm -hmm. and murders. And, yeah, the same sort of thing. Like, yeah, the, yeah, I mean, you're 
in the middle of fucking nowhere. Oh, yeah, it's a prime spot with mm-hmm. serial killers and shit yep. like that. Yeah, who was the guy? Was it Hanson? What the fuck was the guy's name? Robert something? Uh, serial killer, he, like, would uh, let those women loose out west. Oh, yeah. In the 70s. And then he'd hunt them. Mm-hmm. Like, most dangerous game. Yeah. I can't remember his name, though. Anyway. Um, but one's, <clears throat> one story that stuck out to me was when they told me about hiking a closed trail in the Glyford Pinchot National Forest in Washington on their way to some waterfalls. And the whole time, the atmosphere was silent, still, and downright eerie. Just totally creepy vibes and felt like they were being watched the entire time. Uh, they also spoke of the strange feelings a place will give off, uh, like Crater National Park you know, or the Steens Mountain Range. Uh, it's just a powerful, odd-feeling places. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. the vastness of nature. Sometimes when you step out, it's just, like, just it'll take you away, yeah. Um, where the hell was I? <laughs> they kinda, that spot right there. Yeah, and some of them kind of <laughs> said uh, one of them it like, uh, had, like, an Area 51 vibe to it. No shit. Yeah. <clears throat> so... It was nice to like get some input from people who some of you spend, actually know and spend a lot of time in national parks and stuff. So, in a quick side note, if you would like to see some of their adventures, they have an awesome uh, Instagram page. It's at the Inspired Travelers. So, I would highly recommend seeing it. I should it. just open a fucking Instagram. Yeah, again. it's good. They get they they go to some awesome places. But to wrap it up, when it really comes down to it, we as a species can't handle when we can't explain something away. So, when strange disappearances like this happen. It drives people mad. There are no answers, no closure, and no one to blame. But the reality is that sometimes you just have to accept the unknown, especially when it comes to something as simple as being out in the dangerous beauty of nature. The wilderness still holds many secrets, and we will probably never fully understand them. So if you find yourself at some lame campground with nothing to do because you're bored, or your glamping RV has a shit tank leak, just be glad that you're not scouring the forest looking for a loved one who vanished without a single trace and who may never show up again. The end. Wow. I thought you were going to suggest at the end, like if they're bored there, that they put a blindfold on and go get lost in the woods. No, then that's they a... have an adventure. Then they'd be like on, then they'd be on a podcast. Poor choice. Just saying. <clears throat> I love that shit, man. Oh, me too. I fucking creepy, scary shit. We're like, especially, and I know that like, yeah, mm-hmm. at the end stage of hypothermia, you take clothes off. And, but like, yeah, like we were saying earlier, like that, Sounds just like like Diet Love Pass incident mm-hmm. where they had like all their food weird the shit happen and they find them spread out. They still so they can't ran explain away. It. Though, well, the, I I still think I just saw there's a new theory that was on the news like a month ago. Not in infrasound. Not infrasound. Not the one that's in the book. No. I still would read, that just, book, so. read that book. Read that book. Yeah, I, yeah the, uh, they, they kind of take a journalistic and kind of scientific approach to mm-hmm. what may have actually happened instead of all the creepy mumbo-jumbo, though the creepy mumbo-jumbo is, fun. is a ton of I fucking fun. I watched a fucking Bigfoot video last night that was yeah. four seconds long, and everybody said it was a Bigfoot carrying a deer across the creek. It was very plainly just a man, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reading. You ever read comments like people? Yeah, who get it? yeah. Like it is. They will animal. There's one guy. Oh, I know. I watched half of it, an hour long video where he like rolled a fifteen percent, like uh-huh. slow it down. It's like you can see the arm, and then it's like it's just a fucking dude. But yeah, that shit's fun. It is. There was a lot of things researching this that did dabble into like the Bigfoot and things like that. But I wanted to keep it more about the missing person under strange circumstances yes bigfoot and aliens and all that aside a lot of this shit is weird and it it just looks it comes out as weird um so robert hansen i was right 
Okay. That's the guy in the 70s. He would he'd oh, take women yeah, out. Yeah. Where the hell was it? In Alaska, in Anchorage, around oh. Anchorage. He'd let them loose, and then he'd hunt them and kill them. Yeah. Because at one point, I actually looked up where to hunt people as a wow. Google search. And that was another You are definitely on I know. On after a list. the kid thing. Yeah, the I'm kid like, thing and hunting people. So you're the one who told me to get DuckDuckGo so that you can like- <laughs> You, you can they can't track what you're looking at, and it burns your pages. Yeah. So after I looked up nude and children, <laughs> and then put in where can I hunt people, I'm like, oh, I should use DuckDuckGo. I had you're it. You're gonna get a fucking knock. On I the know. Door. I got DuckDuckGo. I got that fucking French app I don't use. So, uh, but uh, it, I didn't really get a lot of searches for where to hunt people. And then uh, I can't imagine that yeah. chances are because someone's doing it right now. Mm-hmm. They're probably not putting it on the internet. You're probably right. Yeah. Ugh, Jesus. I know. I shouldn't have searched for that. No. Or told everyone you searched for that. Well, now it's kind of like. Uh, oh, now you're saying like plausible see? deniability I or guess, whatever. Yeah. I guess. Like it'd be weirder uh, if I'm if like Mandy walked in and I've got this like how to hunt people and I slam the laptop shut. Yeah. Now I'm telling everybody. All that right. I was looking into it. Well, good. I'm glad you're not hunting people. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. I got a few notes real quick. Um. As far as that still feeling in the forest, I've had that hunting. Or just like, you're sitting in the woods, there's birds going, there's wind, there's airplane noise, a car in the valley, like, and then it's just fucking dead. Like, nothing. You ever have that? Yeah. Out in the wilderness? Oh, yeah. I'm that like, is the strangest thing ever. I, I always went, like, is, is there something to that? Or we just constantly, I know me personally, mm. I'm constantly listening to something. I'm just I'm not surrounded by people, but I'm usually around somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's so rare that you're out where it's quiet. Yeah. Is that like somebody who just, does that have something to do with it? Or it maybe could something be. spooky's going. It's a lot more fun. I like, know last year, <clears throat> I read a lot while I was hunting, like, I spent more time reading books than paying attention yes. as I should have. And there was times- Just stay home and read a book. Well, I, I actually did have a shoot a sh- shot. But anyway, um, I would be reading and even reading, sitting there doing nothing, and it would catch you like, holy fuck, it's quiet. And it's just creepy. It, it's it just is. an odd, odd thing. It's so. fun to be scared. It's fun to be scared at home. It's, yeah. even, it's even more fun to be because when you're scared in the woods- it could like something could yes. really happen. Like when I read the ruins when we were on that camping trip and I didn't have a pillow. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I will say that usually when something strange happens, especially in the house, like if we hear a noise or something, I don't jump to like, oh, it's a ghost or it's this. Like I just assume I, it's you. I try to make recreate it, like instantly debunk whatever's happening. And I'll do that out there in the world too. But there's sometimes just weird shit happens. Um Let's see. Another thing I want to talk about real quick. The Department of the Interior doesn't keep a running list of missing persons in their parks. Really? It's fucking weird that they don't. And there's a lot of people who go missing. And most of them are people who are inexperienced and they get lost because they didn't plan ahead or they had some mental problem or they had a physical problem. Like there's a reasonable explanation for why they went missing. And then there's some that it's like there's no reason this person should be missing. I can uh, uh, you you got to have fucking uh respect mm-hmm. for the woods. You do. I, I, yeah. I think of that uh trail race a few years ago when I fucking fell and fucking landed on my back and yeah. fucked me up. You were in the I middle like, of the woods. And Injured. I was middle of the pack. Well, no, it's probably toward the back. But uh like 3 miles from anywhere mm-hmm. and like 
just had to stumble fucking crawl your way out. And that's just, that's an event. That's with other people there. Yeah. Imagine like, yeah, people would like trail On the edge of a national forest. Like yes. you weren't even in the heart of it. Like, no, no. It's it's scary. Mm-hmm. That was scary. And I knew somebody was going to come by. Yeah. Uh, let's see. One more thing. Oh, if you like some of the stuff I, I looked in, it was missing 411 is the what I looked through. They had a lot of the strange stories. And the Can-Am Missing Persons, Missing Project is Canada, America. Okay. it's They they keep a running tally of who's gone missing and details on I You know, that something stuff. might have come up on that. Because originally, uh, one of the things I was looking into was uh, Death by GPS, which kind of runs into that. Oh. People who kind of, yeah, go out with the GPS to, you know, they're doing these backwards hikes and all that, and it leads them the wrong way or... Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they're lost, and then they die. Get yeah. closer to the microphone. Get clo- yeah. I think I'm doing pretty good. I know because <laughs> you you're doing a lot get, better than usual. I will say. I just you, you got. I'm getting so you, close to this thing. I can smell like I smelled what I smelled like you last gotta, time. You got to get intimate with it. Get I just want to get it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it in your mouth. Okay. All right. All right. So, and in all of this research, as much fun as it was researching, and it's a lot of stuff. What I can say is, fuck professional skeptics. What a bunch of miserable fucks. Yeah, I like, know. I, they are the embodiment of the, the meme that actually, yes. what's happened here is and, there was a scientific explanation of why that person drowned or why that person music Like, go fuck yourself. We're just trying to, like, have fun. Trying to have I, fun with this. And I understand they're probably right because I like to keep my pulse on the, or my thumb on the pulse of reality. But I like to. <laughs> what, how, what did I write here? Okay. You can't have your head in the clouds all the time. But it's nice to visit it once in a while. Yes. And when someone's up there shitting all over it all the fucking time, go fuck yourself. And I, <laughs> I can fall into the rule actually sometimes actually. myself. But, I, I'll but, do it too. Yes. But yes, it is. Sometimes it's fun just to uh-huh. be like, what if? That's yeah. So. Yeah. The big, the big question. So it's. it's I did the whole fucking on actually when it. But then I'm like, I'm like making fun of these dorks on that Bigfoot. It wasn't even a Bigfoot site. They just had like a bunch of cryptid shit. Uh-huh. But I'm like, I'm making fun of them at the same time. Like, well. It's Friday night, and I'm on the fucking cryptid site, so yeah. I don't know. You Who am still, I to judge? You can huh? still have fun with it. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because I would just say, like, well, professional skeptics. It's like, you're a professional shit-on-fun person is what you, you are. You a professional skeptic. <laughs> I get a little skeptical. You do have to be skeptical in real life. I understand that. Research. Yes. Read things. Yes. Look into it for yourself. Try to yes. have a little fun along the way, yes. for fuck's sake. Um, so, I had one thing I wanted to mention real quick before we go because okay. I didn't mention it in the show. If anybody is looking into how to shit in the woods, not just the <laughs> book, but just how to physically do it, yeah. and somebody tells you to frost, uh, from what I've been reading, don't do that. It's bad for the everything. Have you heard of this? No. So if somebody ever like wakes up in the morning, they're like. That's me yawning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go frost a rock. Oh, okay. That is exactly what it sounds like. Just going to go shit They are just going to take a shit, and then they're going to spread it out like finger paint as thin as they can. They coat a rock in poop. Why? Because supposedly, if it's a sunny day and it's super dry and there's no rain coming up, it'll <laughs> like dry it right up. I'm serious. <laughs> And it'll speed along decomposition. So there was a movement for a long time where people thought that frosting a rock was more environmentally sound than shitting uh. on the ground or burying it. But it has since been kind of debunked because, like, typically it takes still takes a long time. Yeah. It's going to rain. It just spreads shit everywhere. 
Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> Although hey, and, you're in the middle of nowhere, you have very little sanitation protocols. Why don't I smear my shit all over a rock? They're gonna think. You imagine walking up. If I walked up on somebody, I'm on a hike. Think they're fucking and there's loony. There's some fucking guy with his pants around his ankles, and he's got some doilies, and he's just finger painting a fucking rock in his own dookie. <laughs> I'd be a little concerned. Yeah. I would leave. Yeah. Like, and but the, the, the turns around with that face and poop on his hands. Like, Just doing a little frosting. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. Happy birthday to me. I'm frosting my own cake. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. One more poop thing. All right. Just, those are the two things that I didn't mention. Actually, I didn't mention a lot. Uh, but what I wanted to have in there, one other method. <laughs> This is another one of Kathleen Meyer's uh, friends. This was real. If he was doing like even a two or three day backpack, mm-hmm. wherever he's going, travel there, he'd get there a day early. He would take whatever he needed to take um, for a self enema and evacuate everything inside of himself in a hotel room for a day so that he was like, like an empty bag. Empty. Because he was so. Like against pooping outside, he self. She calls him the enema man. Wow! Give himself an enema, and then he just be. Which I don't want to do that. But it somebody... seems like a poor idea because, like, once you get dehydrated, if you're gonna go out into it's the a, woods, it, I, well, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess he's drinking a lot of water, so he's just probably peeing a lot afterward. Yeah. But I can. Part of me is kind of like because I know. Like if I if I'm getting close to going out somewhere, mm-hmm. usually somewhere public, and like I'm not sure if I'm gonna shit, and then I do, and like I know it's like it's good for a few hours, <laughs> it's liberating. Like yeah. taking a big crap before you go out is almost like like my version of getting out of prison. Yeah, you know, like there's just a sense of freedom about it. So I guess if somebody guaranteed me that I wasn't gonna shit for two days, but it was I was gonna be okay. Yeah, be a free for all. I love it. Who are you kidding? You'd just eat so much fucking. You'd be, you'd eat extra food and be like, oh no, within got, within twelve hours. I've eaten a lot today. I bet. I had. Uh, yeah, I won't get into it. Okay, that's good. So, well, that's it. I think we've covered yeah, that. All closes, of camping uh, closes the camping episode. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. That closes it. any possibility of you ever having to listen to another podcast about camping because we covered I, everything. I doubt we'll do another camping one. So it was it was fun either way. I think we we I I think we picked pretty decent things on it. We've got a, a soft serve coming up, um, though we have mentioned next next month. Or did you month want? And did you want to switch them back? Did you want to try to do an episode in soft serve end of the month like our usual yeah, routine? I think so. We're letting our audience in well, on okay. Our, so <laughs> in uh, on our on just a heads up. There's next, an episode next coming. Like month and a half. Uh, things might be a little funky because yep. we've got a lot. We got some trips coming up. Corey's got a wedding, obviously coming up. Yep. So we uh, after the wedding, we might get back. Uh, we're back on track. Back to a normal routine. Either way, you're going to get content, at least something. Yes, you're getting something coming up. Uh, but we do know what next month's episode is going to be, and it's something very personal, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm really I'm really excited about it. Yeah. It's nice to know ahead of time what we're doing. Get that boom back over here. <laughs> My little guys aren't doing anything. I know. I'm just backing I up. I, I, I know. You're backing scared of it. You're scared of that mic. Oh. I'm not almost done. Oh, well, I dropped it. Uh, All right. I think uh, that's about it. Did yeah, we cover everything? That wraps it up. Oh, um, we also have an Instagram if you would like to check it out. It is at TS Podcast Official. Uh, you can see stupid ass pictures and what our ugly mugs look like if you care. What do you mean? 
<laughs> yeah, we're a couple of sexy beasts. Oh my god, I'm covered in sweat and tea. Yeah, I'm something Holy of a fuck. sexy beast. <laughs> yeah, uh, look forward to today's photo, which is going to be Corey doing on a butthole selfie off a cliff. Nope, that's not going to be the. I'm going to shit right. in a bucket. I'm I'm done with this. We're not shitting in buckets. Okay. All right. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Hope you had a good time. We'll see you guys in like a couple weeks ish. Yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye for now. Thank you.